Hello and welcome to Emma's ESL English. Today is our 100th episode. Very exciting. And so to celebrate, I'm reading, <laughs> of course, from Terry Pratchett. Um, this is gonna make four episodes. Today's episode, I'm gonna read. The analysis I'm gonna hold until next Tuesday so you have lots of opportunity to listen again and again and again and see if you can work everything out and understand by yourself. But if by Tuesday you're still confused, don't panic. We'll, we'll analyze everything on Tuesday. On Wednesday next week, I'm going to look at the gambling language from this because there's quite a lot of gambling language. That's a very specific niche, <laughs> but it might be useful. And then the next Tuesday, I'm going to look at some of the old lady language. There's a lot of quite derogatory terms in here for old women. So we're going to look at that as well. So this is going to keep us going <laughs> for a while. Um, so don't panic. If you don't understand everything today, don't panic. It's okay. In this part of the book, we are going back. You guys maybe remember I read you something um, for Halloween. We're going back 20 or more years before that. And we're looking, we're hanging out with three witches. The eldest is Granny Weatherwax. At this point, she's in her early 70s. And she is the leader of the witches and very smart and very good at maths, which is important. And she's gone with her friend Nanny Og, who is a very happy, jolly lady, um, has lots of kids and a big family. And also Magret Garlic, who is the youngest of the three witches. And they're traveling. In this book, they're traveling. And... So at this point in the book, they're on a river, traveling on a boat on a river. And Granny's about to go into a saloon because Nanny Og lost all of their money and their her broomstick gambling. And Granny is pretty sure that somebody cheated. So she is going to try and get the money back. The other two witches don't really know what's going to happen or how it's going to happen. And um, we can hear some of their comments as we go along. But this is really Granny's story. Okay, let's see <laughs> how we get on. Okay. She walked into the saloon. An onlooker might have thought it had a magic doorway. Granny Weatherwax, as she walked towards it, strode, as she usually strode. As soon as she passed through, though, she was suddenly a bent old woman hobbling along and a sight to touch all but the wickedest heart. The barman gave her a disinterested look and went on polishing a glass. What can I do for you, old crone, he said. There was only the faintest suggestion of a flicker in Granny's expression of elderly imbecility. Oh, you can understand me, she said. We get all sorts on the river, said the barman. 
then I was wondering if you could be so kind as to loan me a deck. I think it's called Of Cards, quavered Granny. Going to play a game of Old Maid, are you? said the barman. There was a chilly flicker across Granny's eyes again as she said, No, just patience. I'd like to try and get the hang of it. She, he reached under the counter and tossed a greasy pack towards her. She thanked him effusively and tottered off to a small table in the shadows, where she dealt a few cards randomly on the drink-ringed surface and stared at them. It was only a few minutes later that a gentle hand was laid on her shoulder. She looked up into a friendly, open face that anyone would lend money to. A gold tooth glittered as the man spoke. Excuse me, good mother, he said, but my friends and I, he gestured to some more welcoming faces at a nearby table, would feel much more comfortable in ourselves if you were to join us. It can be very dangerous for a woman traveling by herself. Granny Weatherwax smiled at him nicely and then waved vaguely at her cards. I can never remember whether the ones are worth more or less than the pictures, she said. Forget my own head next, I expect. They all laughed. Granny hobbled to the other table. She took the vacant seat, which put the mirror right behind her shoulder. She smiled to herself and then leaned forward all eagerness. So tell me, she said, how do you play this game then? I got three little pictures of kings and such like, and three of them funny number one cards, said Granny. The three men beamed and winked at each other. That's triple onion, said the one who had introduced Granny to the table and who had turned out to be called Mr. Frank. And that's good, is it? said Granny. It means you win again, dear lady. He pushed a pile of late pennies towards her. Gosh, said Granny, that means I've got what could be almost five dollars now. Can't understand it, said Mr. Frank. It must be the famous beginner's luck, eh? Soon be poor men if it goes on like this, said one of his companions. She'll have the coats off our backs right enough, said the third man. Ha ha! Think we should give up right now, said Mr. Frank. Ha ha! Ha ha! Ha ha! Oh, I want to go on, said Granny, grinning anxiously. I'm just getting the hang of it. Well, you'd better give us a sporting chance to win a little bit back. Ha ha, said Frank. Ha ha. Ha ha. Ha ha. Ha ha. What about half a dollar a stake? Ha ha. Oh, I reckon she'll want a dollar stake, a sporting lady like her, said the third man. Ha ha. Granny looked down at her pile of pennies. For a moment, she looked uncertain, and then they could see she realized how much could she lose the way the cards were going. 
Yes, she said. A dollar a steak. She, put, she blushed. This is exciting, isn't it? Yes, yeah, said Mr. Frank. He drew the pack towards him. Come on, said Granny. I've got my dollar already. Mr. Frank looked nervously. Oh, forget about it. The movement dislodged... Oh, Mr. Frank shrugged. And the movement dislodged something somewhere. There was a muffled snapping noise, like a mouse trap carrying out its last rites. Mr. Frank went white and gripped his sleeve. A small metal contraption, all springs and twisted metal, fell out. A crumpled up ace of clubs was tangled in it. Whoops, said Granny. Granny Weatherwax had that method of play that has reduced professional gamblers to incoherent rage throughout the universe. She held her hands tightly cupped in her hands for a few, a few inches from her face, allowing the merest fraction of each one to protrude. She glared at them as if daring them to offend her. And she never seemed to take her eyes off them except to watch the dealing. And she took far too long, and she never, ever took risks. After 25 minutes, she was down $1, and Mr. Frank was sweating. Granny had already helpfully pointed out three times that he'd accidentally dealt cards off the bottom of the deck. And she'd asked for another pack, because look, this one's got all little marks on the back. It was her eyes. That was what it was. Twice he'd folded on a perfectly good three-card onion, only to find that she'd been holding a lousy double bagel. Then, the third time, thinking he'd worked out her play, he'd called her out and run a decent flush right into the maw of a five-card onion that the old hag must have been patiently constructing for ages. And then his knuckles went white. And then the dreadful, terrible bag said, Am I one with all these little cards? Gosh, aren't I the lucky one? And then she started humming. When she looked at her cards, normally the three of them would have welcomed this sort of thing. The teeth tappers, the eyebrow razors, the ear rubbers, they were all as good as money in the sock under the mattress to a man who knew how to read such things. But the appalling old crone was as transparent as a lump of coal. And the humming was insistent. You found yourself trying to follow the tune. It made your teeth tingle. Next thing you were glumly watching as she laid down a measly broken flush in front of your even more measly two-card onion and said, What? Is that me? Again? Mr. Frank was desperately trying to remember how to play cards without his sleeve device, a handy mirror and a marked deck. In the teeth of a hum like a fingernail down a blackboard, it wasn't as if the ghastly old creature even knew how to play properly. After an hour, she was four dollars ahead. And then she said, I 
I'm a lucky girl. Mr. Frank bit through his tongue. And he got a nat and then he got a natural great onion. There was no realistic way to beat a great onion. It was something that happened to you once or twice in a lifetime. She folded. The old bitch folded. She abandoned one blasted dollar and she folded. Magrat peered through the window again. What's happening? said Nanny. They all look very angry. Nanny took off her hat and removed her pipe. She lit and tossed a match overboard. Ah, she'll be humming. You mark my words. She's got a very annoying hum, has Esme. Nanny looked satisfied. Has she, has she started cleaning her ear yet? I don't think so. No one clears out her ear like Esme. She was cleaning her ear. It was done in a very ladylike way and the daft old baggage probably wasn't even aware she was doing it. She just kept inserting her little finger in her ear and swiveling it around. It made a noise like a pool cue being chalked. It was displacement activity. That's what it was. They all cracked in the end. She folded again. And it had taken him bloody five bloody minutes to put together a bloody double onion. Yeah. Granny was $12 ahead. Everything else in the saloon had stopped. You could hear the distant splash of the paddles and the cry of the leadman. Granny won another $5 with a three-card onion. The thing to watch out for now, said Nanny, is when she goes under her breath. That comes after the year cleaning. It generally means she's planning something. Mr. Frank drummed his fingers on the table, realized to his horror that he was doing it, and bought three new cards to cover his confusion. The old baggage didn't appear to notice. He stared at the new hand. He ventured two dollars and bought one more card. He stared again. What were the odds, he thought, against getting a great onion twice in one day? The important thing was not to panic. I think, he heard himself say, that I may hazard another two dollars. He glanced at his companions. They obediently folded one after the other. Well... I don't know, said Granny, apparently talking to her card. She cleaned her ear again. What do you call it when, you know, you want to put more money in sort of thing? It's called raising, said Mr. Frank, his knuckles going white. I'll do one of them raisins then. Five dollars, I think. Mr. Frank's knees ground together. I'll see you and raise you ten dollars, he snapped. Hmm, I'll do that too, said Granny.
I can go another $20. Bye. Granny looked down, suddenly crestfallen. I've got a broomstick. A tiny alarm bell rang somewhere at the back of Mr. Frank's mind, but now he was galloping headlong to victory. Right! He spread his cards on the table. The crowd sighed. He began to pull the pot towards him. Granny's hand closed over his wrist. I ain't put my cards down yet she said archly. You don't need to, snapped Mr. Frank. There's no chance you could beat that, madam. I can, if I can cripple it, said Granny. That's why it's called Cripple Mr. Onion, ain't it? He hesitated. But, but you could only do that if you had a perfect nine-card run he burbled, staring into the depths of her eyes. Granny sat back. You know, she said calmly, I thought I had rather a lot of these black pointy ones. That's good, is it? She spread the hand. The collective audience made a sort of little gasping sound in unison. Mr. Frank looked around wildly. Oh, very well done, madam, said an elderly gentleman. There was a round of polite applause from the crowd, the big, inconvenient crowd. Ah, uh, yes, said Mr. Frank, yes. Well done. You're a very quick learner, aren't you? Quicker than you. You owe me $55 and a broomstick, said Granny. Okay, that's it. We'll leave it there. It's another long episode. My bad. So sorry. <laughs> okay. Bye. I'll see you next week. Bye.